Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. You're going to need the explicit tag for this one. New Amsterdam Radio starts now. What is going on, citizens? It's past Labor Day, the unofficial end of summer, if you're here in North America. And, uh, well, I think I got some summer things done. Not the most productive one by my estimation, but we're now in the home stretch. What projects are you working on? Make sure you hit up the show. Let me know. At New Amsterdam on Instagram and at New underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. Today's episode is a little bit fun, but a whole different level of fun. Uh, what I like about being creative is that it's not just all about working, whatever the craft is. A lot of it is coming up with ideas, innovation. So that sort of thing. That's a lot of times new entrepreneurs have an idea. No one's really tackled. And you have to really double down and manufacture, maybe figuratively or literally, things out of thin air. My guest this week is Melanie Crisson. She is the co-founder and owner of Laurels. There are specific and specially designed underwear that promotes safe oral sex. And well, that's something I didn't really think of. I remember when I was a kid, there were certain ways and certain methods to do that. But Melanie took an idea and ran with it. And I know it may be a little bit of a sensitive subject for some, but I do think it's something really noteworthy of having an idea in your head, something that hasn't been done before, and the trials and tribulations that entails of bringing it to market. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode with Melanie. Let me know. You can follow me personally on social media, at Boys on Twitter. On the show's Twitter is at new underscore Amsterdam, of course, or at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. Well, without any further ado, my chat with Melanie Crizzle of Laurels. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, Flobo Boys, the mayor in the mayor's office on this beautiful sunny day here in Southern California. And well, my guest today is doing the dang thing when it comes to being an entrepreneur and creative because the business answers a problem in a very creative way. Before we get to all of that, please welcome Melanie Crystal from Laurel. She is the founder and CEO of the product that has a very rabid following. How's it going there, Ellie? It's going great. I'm so happy to be here. What's it like being a CEO? Just Is it juggling things? Is it a day off today for you? What's going on? This is not a day off, and I'm actually trying to think to myself, which day off am I going to take over the weekends? Usually I do one day off and then one day working, but mm -hmm. my friends are having a barbecue and potluck tomorrow, and so usually Sunday is my working day, but I think I'm going to hang out with my friends on Saturday and then work yeah. on, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, But entrepreneurial life is crazy. Like Every single day is so different. Um, yesterday was a really special day because my the owner of my factory, um, which is out in Malaysia, uh, he was in town uh, with oh. his family actually, and so I got to hang out with him and do work for lots of the of the day, like actually in person rather than over Zoom. And yeah. then I got to uh, spend time with his family as well, so it was very special. 
Well, let's get into this. You're the founder and CEO of a very unique product, Laurels, which, uh, as it says on the website, for comfort and pleasure, uh, allows individuals to have safe oral sex through latex underwear. The product is FDA cleared, which is a good precedent. What did the idea come from? Let's start with that. Uh, it's a very unique problem. I think all of us have dealt with that. A lot of times I've been in situations where I have absconded for fear of STIs, but you said this will solve this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that a lot of people have life situations where it would make sense to incorporate laurels into their activities. So yeah. for me, the idea came to me when I was on a romantic vacation and we wanted to be engaging in intimacy, particularly in oral sex. And I found myself saying no, even though I wanted to say yes. And mm -hmm. after that particular incident, I started thinking about this more often. I, I thought to myself, you know, why am I, why did I turn down oral when I really wanted it? For me at that point, it was because I was concerned about STDs. But then sure. over time, um, you know, with that partner that I was with at the time and then with partners that I've had since, I found that uh, myself and my partners would often turn down oral when they really wanted to be saying yes. So mm -hmm. for me, it was, um, concerned about STIs or potentially uh, if my partner had scratchy facial hair and it physically hurt to receive. Um, for other folks that I've uh, been in relationships with, um, they would find themselves, um, and, and I'm, I'm bisexual, so I've uh, had, uh, you know, experiences that run the gamut. Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, you know, some of my partners feel uncomfortable receiving oral when they're on their periods, or uh, some people have faced trauma in the past and having somebody up close and personal uh, felt too intense for them. And mm. so essentially I had had this idea when I was on this romantic vacation that what if there were a sexy and fun product to use that kind of felt more like a sex toy than it felt like a condom? Um, yeah. And you could just slip it on and be able to feel all of the sensations of oral, but not have to worry about any of the repercussions that come with skin to skin contact. So you don't have to worry about STIs. You don't have to worry about period fluids. You don't have to worry about, you know, scratchy facial hair. Um, and, you know, you can decide that you don't necessarily want to present this visual view to your partner if that's what feels more comfortable for you. Right. Uh, so basically, I had the idea to make these sexy latex lingerie, and I decided to quit my job as a lawyer to make it happen. Yeah, uh, which that is a, a cool thing, be able to jump out and say, you know what, I believe in my product, I believe in my idea. So when I was a kid, uh, the one or few days I actually paid attention to health class, they said, hey, look, there's dental dams, baby, all the dental dams you want. Uh, but for someone like myself, I always felt that was that took me out the mood. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not really slick to be like, excuse me, you know, pick up the saran wrap. So the question I have for you is knowing there's a precedent there and knowing what you felt personally, what made you decide to say, you know what, I'm going to test this out and see if other people have the same problem I had? Yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, I love that that was the day that you listened in health class. Like, I love that that was when your ears perked up. <laughs> I was 13, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely the class to listen to. Um, so I was actually um, a peer sex educator when I was in college, and I would teach about the dental dam and about condoms. And, you know, dental dams were always kind of a, 
roll your eyes type of product. Like, are you serious? You really want me to hold this thing in place with two hands? Um, you know, people were very skeptical and I understood because, you know, that's not something that's ever asked of uh, people who are using condoms. Like what if condoms were bowl shaped and you had to hold them in two, with two hands while you were thrusting? Like nobody would use condoms. Right. And so I think that that has, is what has happened with dental dams. They just were never really conceived as something that would lead people to actually use them. Mm. And so I was actually one of the few people who did use dental dams. Um, I've, I've used them many times throughout my 20s and early 30s, but I really thought that this product could be so much better. I hate it having to hold it in place. Like if you're going down on someone and you're trying to hold this oral dam, like where do you put your elbows? How do you position your, right. yourself so that you're able to stay, stay up and lean in and like kind of flow along with your partner's body movements? It's sure. really difficult and complicated. And then if you're the person who is receiving, uh, you don't want to have to hold something with two hands. You want to be able to touch yourself and touch your partner and touch their hair and their head. I mean, there's so many different things that you can be doing with those hands. So right. always thought that the dental dam had a lot that was lacking. Um, and then basically when I thought of the idea for laurels, I started talking with many of my friends and my coworkers mm -hmm. awkwardly about their oral sex experiences. Like I was, I was that girl in the office. But how do you bring uh, that up at work? Hey, so what's up? Basically, I mean, I, I, I swear I figured out a way to do it that I don't think went beyond like sexual harassment right, right, um, right. guidelines, but you know, they, they were people who were already my friends and, um, and I said, Hey, have you ever heard of a dental dam? And most of them said no. And then I said, it's this product. I described it. And I said, I'm thinking about creating a new version of that that's hands-free and it looks sexy. Like I want it to look as though it's silk lingerie. What do you mm -hmm. think of that? And what they told me was, you know, I'm, a lot of people said, I'm, you know, in a long-term relationship, we've been tested. Like I'm not super worried about STIs, but I do find myself turning down oral like really frequently. So, you know, people who were turning it down because they were on their periods or because of scratchy beards or because, um, they just, sometimes people who have new partners or people who want to try like rimming, for example, oral anal sex and are worried about the repercussions of that. Basically they said, huh, if there were like skinny lingerie, like that, you know, blocked fluids and blocked everything, I feel like if I could slip those on, I would have oral more often. And that was just so exciting to hear right. because I think that oral sex is amazing. Um, it's such a wonderful activity for women in particular. It actually can lead to orgasm three times more often than intercourse. And so I see oral sex as really the way that women worldwide can have better sexual experiences. And so with laurels, you're able to say yes more often. And I realized through my friends, that I would be able to help them. And therefore I thought I would be able to help other people as well.
Well, that's, that's amazing. You had an idea and you had a, a small focus group and that was enough to, to carry you on. But uh, I guess the question I have from the entrepreneur standpoint, you have a unique idea. Mm -hmm. uh, getting a partner to manufacture and to be on board and to share someone a vision who may not necessarily understand the same way you understand your own product or your idea. Was that difficult? Was it like a, a shorthand you had to come up with? It was very difficult. Uh, so... First, I started reaching out to manufacturers in the United States. I wanted somebody that was you know, nearby that I'd be able to go and visit the factory really often. Um, talked with several different factories over the phone. Uh, one thing that was very surprising is some condom factories told me that they were uncomfortable with the product and they didn't want to, to make it. They didn't want to make a product for cunnilingus, which is crazy. Mm. You know, yeah. their, their bread and butter is making condoms for intercourse. Was it so, a financial reason or were they like blushing while they were saying that? No, no. Like basically we had, um, I had presented to them all of the information about the product other than saying what it was used for, like, you know, the dimensions and the thickness and how many units we were looking to produce and all of those things. And everything was great. Um, but then when I mentioned, yeah, and by the way, this is, you know, a, a dental dam replacement, um, you know, meant for oral sex, like oral, oral vulva sex and oral anal sex. And they said they, they basically disappeared for a few days. And then I reached out and I was like, hey, just checking in, um, you know, what are your thoughts about this product? And they said, we talked it over with management and we're just uncomfortable with, with this product. We don't. Wow. Have yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So um, that was kind of the first time. And then somebody. Sorry, I don't want to cut in here. Did you thing. feel upset, angry, rage, sad? Like that's an odd thing to. The, I guess a rejection from a counter factory was it? Unique? Yeah, um, I I was shocked. Okay. I I couldn't believe that people would be comfortable with the dimensions of the product and everything about the product, but then and, and already make sexual wellness products, but mm -hmm. then find out that laurels are for oral sex and not be interested in you know working with us. Oh. Um, it, it was very shocking. This, this was the first time it happened, but over the course of the next few years, it's happened so many times that people, um, are uncomfortable with the idea of oral sex. They don't like looking at our website and seeing the words oral sex or seeing the words rimming. And so, you know, despite the numbers and the financials and all of the background of, of the company, they say, you know, we don't feel great about this partnership. So that is actually one of the things that as a company we are trying to combat. We're trying to really change the perception mm -hmm. of oral sex so that it doesn't get seen as this thing that's somehow more dirty or more taboo than intercourse. I mean, sure. the majority of an intercourse that happens throughout our country and throughout the world is for pleasure. People are engaging in intercourse so that they can feel really good and maybe make a good connection with their partner as well. Um, right. You know, some of it's procreative, of course, but certainly not all of it and, pro and you know, not the majority either. So, um, you know, oral is such a wonderful way of connecting with your partner. It's lovely how you're like the giver is providing this gift to the receiver focusing on their pleasure for, you know, a sustained period of time. 
And like I said, you know, much more likely to lead to orgasms for women than intercourse is. And so for me, I see it as a good thing in society to for everyone to be talking about oral more often and to really be destigmatizing it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that was the first uh, rejection on that basis that we got. I started talking with more manufacturers in the US, ultimately realized that really the go-to place for quality condom manufacturing isn't so much in the US anymore, except for like Trojan's own, you know, its own factory. Yeah. Um, but Malaysia is actually the go-to place for that. And so um, I started reaching out to manufacturers there. I set up meetings and I flew out to Malaysia and I met with several factories and basically pitched the idea of laurels to them. And yep. once I got out there, it was really interesting. It was like, I wasn't getting the stigma. I wasn't getting the skepticism. Uh, they really understood. And I think it's because like condom making and manufacturer or condom making in Malaysia is a huge industry. Same with dental dam making as well. So they really knew, uh, they saw the potential in this and several of them were interested in, in moving forward. And sure. so over time I started doing some prototypes with a couple of them. One factory really stood out and they have been our manufacturing partner ever since. They're yeah. really wonderful. Uh, totally not to compare, but when I launched my uh, stationary company in 2017, I was trying to find a book because most of us are comedians or rappers or writers or singers. We have everything written by hand. So I wanted a book like a moleskin that was high quality, but lower cost. And there's that first like notion, I want to make it, you know, right here in the US of A. But exactly. I really feel there's other markets. I just understand the nuance of what you're looking for. And I end up a part of the thing was end up being in Taiwan in my case. But mm -hmm. that, that, that to me, that was something I had to, I wasn't disappointed or learned about, but I was expecting one thing and then it became something completely else for the health of my business. Absolutely. I mean, I totally identify with that story. Really thought I was going to manufacture in the US. And at that point, I was kind of mobile. Um, and I thought maybe I'll move to somewhere close to the manufacturer and I can interact with them more closely. Like I really wanted to feel like this was a local brand. Mm -hmm. um, but then as I started having these conversations and realizing like I'm not really finding a great partner in the US, um, I like kind of redesigned what I wanted out of the company and out of the experience and determined like, you know, it this can be um, a mostly uh, what's the word? Not in the office, you work from home. Remote. remote. Yes. Like this can be a mostly remote business. We can figure out ways to truly be connected with one another, even though we're half a world away. And I've certainly felt that that has happened for us as a brand and for so many other brands too. Like people are really figuring out remote working. So what did your first office look like? Was it the Great American Garage or was it your apartment? Was it the mobile phone? What did it look like? Yeah, it, it was my apartment. So I live in a live work, work loft in the arts district of Los Angeles. And I've been here through the entire time of, you know, starting Laurels and making it happen. And one of the first things that I did, um, I 
I was trying to figure out whether laurels um, would be made through a dip molding process or through something that's more like a garment creation process. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because latex products are either made usually via dip molding or through taking pieces uh, like sheets of latex and gluing them together. So I was trying to figure out which of those might work better. And I thought maybe the way for me to replicate dip molding without having any equipment is to use liquid latex and to basically paint it onto a mannequin and see what happens and see yeah. what it looks like. And yeah. so I, you know, I went to downtown LA and I got a mannequin and I also bought some, I went to an art store and I bought some clay and I fashioned the clay into a vulva yeah. <laughs> and put it on top of the mannequin. And then Close I also enough. bought some liquid latex and I like, you know, in, in this loft that I'm in right now painted, uh, basically like a pair of shorts onto the mannequin and that was my first prototype and it looked so terrible. Like it was <laughs> lumpy and like there were bubbles all over the place and, you know, creating the, the anatomically correct portion of it did not look aesthetically pleasing. Just yeah. Basically um, it looked awful, but it was like, hang on, I have no idea what I'm doing. And this kind of looks like what it could potentially look like in the future. I think maybe this is going to happen. So even though it looked terrible, it still gave me a lot of excitement and enthusiasm for what like I and then eventually a factory would be able to create together in the future. You're having a CSI experiment in your apartment. That is that is DIY. CSI. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the the branding, right? The product mm -hmm. can be told a bunch of ways. I felt in the past ten years, for me personally, it was Dollar Shave Club, where there was this forward nature of this post postmodern advertising. Like you got this problem, you got the solution. Let's get to work. Now Laurels mm -hmm. does do that, but there is an air of femininity to it, or classical femininity. I'm not trying to judge anyone on their experiences. What was the idea behind the, the expression of the feeling behind the product? What did you were looking to have your customers feel when they buy a pair? Yeah, we want customers to feel happy and joyful and safe and taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, we also do want them to feel sexy. And I think that that's something that we're going to work on more over the course of the next few years. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about kind of the evolution of the brand. So initially, um, when we when we first launched, the goal was to create a sexy not even a sexy dental dam, like sexy latex lingerie. That was our focus. Um, and what we found was on our website that was you know, full of sexy imagery, um, it had a really high bounce rate. And then, so, and it wasn't just a sexy imagery. We also like very explicitly said what the product was for. And so people would come to the website and then they would quickly click away. And I think that it was, you know, in this world where people, do feel a little bit uncomfortable with oral sex. I think it was just too much in your face. Mm -hmm. So um, we decided to do an adjustment and to create branding that felt more accessible and felt um, just comfortable and kind and um, safe and 
there for you. Uh, so that's the stage that we're in right now. I think that now that we've learned more about our consumer and about uh, you know the marketing channels that are working for us, and then also being inspired by you know some of the awesome brands that exist today, I think we now have a plan for how we bring a little bit more sex appeal into yeah. our advertising and our video content and our photography. And we'll be implementing that uh, over the next yeah. few months. Uh, stop me if this question or this answer is proprietary, but what does the average client look like? Is it someone in a long-term relationship? Is it someone actively dating? Uh, what is that, the, the buyer persona, I guess? Yeah, so we actually have customers from just a wide variety of backgrounds. And I think it depends on the reason why people are using the product. So mm -hmm. um, about half of our customers use laurels for STI prevention, but then the other half use them for all of these different reasons. So, sure. so you know, several of our customers um, use laurels as sexy latex lingerie. Like it's not even necessarily to have oral sex through, it's just to slip those on and to feel super hot. A lot of people wear them out in public. Um, they are really cute sexy latex lingerie. So if you're into like a latex look, if you're into a wet look, if you're into um, basically wearing undies that will give you some coverage, but you can wear like under a sheer outfit, um, it's a really hot look. So a lot of people use laurels for that purpose. Um, then we also have people who were using laurels for all of the mention, all the reasons I mentioned before. Another one that I'm not sure if I mentioned was sensitivity. So, mm. you know, if people have a lot of sensitivity in their clitoris or vulva and having the direct skin to skin contact is a little bit too intense for them. Laurels can help with that as well. Um, because there's 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris. And so, you know, having that ultra thin layer of latex allows just a small amount of decrease of sensation. Most people who use laurels feel like they're wearing nothing at all. Um, and it's as though it's direct skin to skin contact. But for the people who have intense sensitivity, like having laurels is just enough to not be like overwhelmed by that sensation. Sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, our customers are basically half male and half female. Um, we think that the sexual orientation of our customers is roughly equal to the general population. Um, maybe like 10% uh, of our customers uh, would identify as queer. And this is based on looking at our reviews and you know figuring out who, who's writing about the product, who's, who's buying the product. Um, and then really all age ranges. Uh, yeah. our, our biggest demographic is 25 to 34, but um, it really spans well beyond that. One of my favorite reviews recently, um, they described themselves as older couples, 65 and 63. It was from the man. And he said, I love giving my wife orgasms with laurels. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was so cute. Makes yeah. So Bringing joy to couples left and right. Um, yeah. But on your day off, you mentioned you have a half a day or a day off a week, right? You not think about the business at all. What do you do to recharge, to refill the cup, to get yourself charged for the next day? Yeah, I really try to not think about laurels at all on that day. <laughs> um, like I don't, I, I try to not check my email. I, um, 
just generally, I actually have most of my notifications turned off. Um, that was something that I started doing when I was a lawyer because getting the constant notifications really increased my anxiety. And I find that I focus a lot more if I look at email for a certain period of time and then I look at Slack for a certain period of time. So um, yeah, so I, I'm not really getting notifications throughout the day on that one day off week. Um, I spend time with friends. I spend time with my girlfriend. Um, we do very simple things. I love like basically driving to the beach and just sitting on the beach or spending mm -hmm. time with my girlfriend's family, uh, like sitting in their backyard and drinking beer and jumping in the pool. Yeah. Um, I love going to, you know, bars with my friends and restaurants. I, I've taken up skateboarding in the last okay. couple of years. Nice. And so I do that. Um, and I don't know, walk around the neighborhood. I, I'm really pleased by kind of the simple day-to-day, -day, um, simple activities and trying to just get as much joy as possible out of, out of everything. Yeah. Um, it feels so nice always to be having a day off. And so basically whatever I do, I'm generally happy about it. Do you go on vacation? at all or you're more of a staycation person um i feel like i don't really allow myself to go on a lot of vacation <laughs> <I hear you. laughs> yeah um i i think that laurels is is growing and soon will be at the point where i won't feel you know guilt about leaving and uh you know guilt about unplugging um I am very physically tied to doing work in the place that I've always done work. And so um, like the idea of going on a vacation uh, and like doing work remotely for a week doesn't feel appealing to me. I feel like I wouldn't really get anything done. Yeah. Like I, I need to get to a point where I can give myself like a week of relaxation and not expect to be doing a ton of laurels while, work while I'm there. And then I think I will enjoy vacations. Hopefully this will happen soon. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I had a, not say a similar thing, but I had something quite on that same kind of sphere. Like since the pandemic and I was performing in my bedroom <laughs> doing okay. these shows, uh, having to learn to take the stuff on the road. What, what does a road office look like? And so I would book Airbnbs or I'll go because Vegas is a four hour drive from here. I would just do a weekend there to see what that looks like. And you're right. I like, I am more productive in, in station zero, you know what I mean? Uh, and then everything else and going on vacation to do nothing to me is almost more anxiety inducing. It's like, mm -hmm. I am doing nothing here. Something is that right or wrong? So it's always cool to see how do owners, founders, CEOs, uh, professionals, uh, entrepreneurs, how they play. That's what I was kind of curious. Yeah, about. I do weekend trips. I've done a couple of weekend trips in the last year. Um, went to um, like up into the mountains near LA and also went to Santa Barbara one weekend. So that, yeah. that was really fun um, and, you know, beautiful and very enjoyable. And there's so many wonderful things to do within a few hours in Southern California. So I think we're very fortunate bit of a personal question what is your favorite junk food uh, ice cream uh, does ice cream count as junk food i mean uh, i eat ice yes. cream <laughs> i eat ice delicious. cream on a daily basis it has been a habit since 
I don't know, probably since I was like 12 or something. Yeah. And um, it is affecting me differently uh, over the course of the last few years. And I'm noticing, but I am not giving up that ice cream. <laughs> I love it so much. I feel yeah. like a day is not complete until I've eaten some ice cream. <laughs> right. I totally with you. I'm with you on that one. Uh, okay. Well, back half 2022, we're either post-pandemic, in between another pandemic, or on the kind of world crisis. Uh, where do you see the brand, Laurels, over the next year, year and a half? Anything on the docket for its growth? Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of the really important things that we're so excited to be launching soon, we're creating a sheer version of the product. So up until this point, um, Laurels have been opaque and um, you know, very sexy in the sense of you know, if you're used to wearing latex clothing, it's like a super ultra thin latex garment that feels very silky. Um, and the reason that laurels are opaque is uh, back when I was conceiving of the product and, um, you know, figuring out all of the details of it, I did a lot of surveys um, of basically of potential customers and I, I used a tool um, called Mechanical Turk on Amazon, which allows yeah. you to pull people um, from a variety of different backgrounds. It's super helpful. And what I found um, was that uh, the majority of people who wanted a barrier for oral uh, wanted it to be opaque. And so we made laurels um, and they're black and they're opaque and very one side is silky and the other side kind of has a wet look. So there's variety there. Um, and, you know, we definitely get the feedback from people. I love laurels, but I really want to be able to see my partner or my partner to be able to see me. Um, and so we've always known we wanted to create a sheer version so that you would be able to have all of the benefits of laurels, but, uh, you know, if you want to see what's going on, then you're definitely able to see what's going on. Yeah. So that um, is going to be coming out within the next few months. Um, we're also going to create additional sizes as well. Right now, Laurels fit U.S. sizes zero through 20. And we want to make sure that we are serving um, you sure. know, the entire community. And so um, we, we know it's really important that we expand to additional sizes as well. Um, we also intend on creating a version for men. We intend on creating a non-latex version. Um, and then we're interested in adding additional products as well. We our, our goal as a company is to help everyone have all of the oral and foreplay that they want. Like yeah. we want to facilitate oral and foreplay worldwide. Um, so, you know, we're doing that through our undies, but then we also want to do that through a variety of other products as well. You had mentioned that you had a previous career in law and decided to go into business for yourself. And it's kind of a, a complex question, but a simple ask. Is Was it worth it to do that, to jump and bet on yourself? Or is it like, a, what did I do? What am I doing? <laughs> it's 100% worth it. I mean, I am so happy that I made that decision. And it was a hard decision to make. I mean, I, you know, I went to law school. I was a lawyer for several years. I thought that this was going to be my career and my life. Um, and I, and I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. And like the financial stability was really amazing. And I don't think I appreciated that aspect um, 
enough. Um, but you know, when I when I thought of this idea, I really couldn't let it go. I was obsessed with the idea of creating this product, and I just knew that something like laurels needed to exist. And the dental dam hadn't been updated in 40 years and it felt like nobody was focusing on this. And it just felt so interesting and so tied to who I was as a person and um, allowed me to eradicate stigma, which has really always been a life goal for me. So laurels felt so perfect and I knew I needed to do it. Um, the day-to-day -day is, so interesting and different. I have so much more variety in my life than I had when I was a lawyer. Um, and, you know, the review that I mentioned from that older couple, and I, I was just looking at um, some reviews from the last couple of weeks earlier today. And it, like, it just makes me so happy to be able to impact people's lives in this way. Like, it's in such an intimate aspect of their life and to help them be able to connect with their partner in a way that they, many of them wouldn't otherwise be connecting. Um, it really does feel like my life's purpose. That said, I mean, it's so hard. It's, it's insanely challenging on a daily basis. And, um, and like the financial stability that I had when I was a lawyer is still, you know, years away. Um, and and I see it. I, I know it is eventually going to happen again. But in the meantime, I mean, there are so many ups and downs as an entrepreneur. Uh, it's uh, scary emotionally. It's scary, um, you know, from a financial standpoint. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard for relationships. I, I constantly feel like I was a better friend to my to my friends. I I love my friends so much, and I feel like I don't get to see them as much. I feel like I'm not as um, present for them as I really would like to be. And it's really because I mean, it's as though I it's it's as though I had a child, and, and Laurels is my child. Um, mm. I, I've never actually been a, I've never wanted to have kids myself, but um, I really have kind of always wanted to own a company in the back of my mind. Sure. And so, you know, Laurels is my child. I'm constantly thinking about Laurels, except in that day off. Right. <laughs> right. That's the, uh, the all pair comes over for sure. Uh, I, I just love the story. I love your story. Fortune favors the bull. I think I, I stumbled across the brand on Twitter. And I was just, I mean, it doesn't really apply to me necessarily specifically, but it's cool to have that brand in the back just in case it will apply to me future. That you know you have a future problem, there's a solution there. Uh, Melly, thank you so much for being on the show. You have Sam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Now, if anyone wants to interact with you or the brand, how they go about doing that? Uh, yeah, you can find us. Um, our, our website is mylaurels.com. So it's M-Y-L-Oral-S. Com. Um, and we, and that's our, our social handle. Um, we have 125,000 followers on TikTok. Come join us there. It's a lot of fun. Um, we are also on Twitter and Instagram. And then me, myself, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mel Crystal. That's M-E-L-C-R-I-S-T-O-L. And then on Instagram, I'm at Melanie Crystal. Fantastic. I want to have you on a future episode because this is kind of a cool thing seeing your kid grow or child grow to see what it can be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would love that. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. 